Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Q, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber with game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. The sports medicine, the sports veterans and greats. The four for twenty six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. You heard him. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. My brothers, Jimmy the Blueprint and B. Austin are both out traveling the globe, but no sweat, no fear. I'm joined today by my football brother. We got Fred Purdue in the building, my quick slants and cover two co-hosts. What up, Fred? What's going on, man? What's going on, man? You know, it's always good to be available. You never know when your number's going to get called. Right, man. They always say that about about great players, man. Availability, the most important ability. <laughs> you gotta be available. All right. So quick, get so. Let's catch you up on all things in the world of sports, and most importantly, since I got him in the building, you know we're gonna break into a quick slant segment a little later on in the show, probably in the second hour. Um, in that segment, we're going to talk about the sights and sounds of college football media days that I just passed. So keep it locked right here with your boys for the next two hours. And if you want to get in on the conversation, all you got to do is sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at war room sports. You can also hit us directly in about five minutes when we open up the digital extreme tech hotline as usual, 323 Four one zero 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 one two, and I'm gonna let you guys know this now, and I'll probably remind you a little bit later in the show. You know, if you're calling, if you want to talk about everything in sports, if you want to talk about hoops, NFL, anything like that, we got to try to get those calls out of the way in the first hour of the show. So, are you latecomers, man? We're not gonna be able to answer that call later in the show because later in the show we'll be talking strictly college football. So, if you're gonna call in with some college football questions. That's no sweat, but we can be, you know, in our quick slant segment talking about um, Kawhi Leonard and, and stuff like that. We're not going to do it. We can't do it. So get those calls in as early as you can. Again, 323-410-0012. Before we get started, make sure that during the week when we're not live on the air, you check out archived episodes of our show and the other shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that at the hub, warroomsports.com. The War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's a whole lot of places. Wherever you do your podcast listening, we are sure to be there. But while we're talking podcast network, shout out to the shows on the network. Besides our show, The War Room, definitely got to give a shout out to my co-host tonight, Fred. He's He's the host of two shows on the network. He's our football guru around here. So, you know, we got cover two for the NFL fan. We got quick slants for the college football fan. Shout out to the Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris. Uh, Check them out live. If you're in Philly, check them out live on South Street this weekend at the Philly Pod Festival. Jimmy the Blueprint, 
War Room's own Jimmy the Blueprint will be joining them um, during that live podcasting session. And like I told you guys last week, Roy and Chris said, if you heard it on their show, if you heard it on our show, go and ask those guys to buy you a beer after the podcast, and they will do just that. Shout out to After Further Review with the Mayor. Shout out to the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Podcast. Savad and Phil, what up? And one more shout out to Roy Burton and his wife, Chanel. For all you foodies out there with uh, John Appetit, check that out if you want to know what you should be eating, where you should be eating, all around the country, sometimes all around the globe. Um, but we're going to get into it now. Fred, what up, man? I know it's been a crazy week. Out there. It's always a crazy week before we you know, embark on another show. I'm pretty sure your social media timeline was filled with photos of elderly folks this week. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I wondered was I, how many people are in the nursing home already, man. I mean, it's, right. it's bad. It's bad. I got real tempted, real tempted to do it. But yeah, that's the funny hold thing. On. I'm like, I don't really want to play the game. And it wasn't for all the, the fears people out there. Oh, you're giving your information to Russia and this and that. I mean, Putin, I'm not important enough for to be worried about stuff like that. But um. I, I was tempted. I want. I kind of wanted to know, but I didn't bite. But luckily, you know, I always got some people who are jokesters with my photos. Anyway, they done already made one of my photos into like a ball guy, like have George Jefferson looking dude. Uh, somebody <laughs> sent me the exact same photo. They gave me my hair back, but they made me an old guy. So I kind of got to know what it looked like, and I didn't have to join the app. I didn't have to, you know, post it myself. But it's funny, and you know, it's the newest trend. The first one I saw is actually a battle rapper. He's been a guest on the show before. His name is DNA. I saw a photo of him, and I'm like, damn, DNA looked like he had a hard life, like he aging. And that's that's before I knew that you know this whole face yeah, trend was going on. Yeah, that was. Me then too. I started to see more people. I'm like, oh, this must be something. And then I started seeing the status posts. When people talking about Russia and giving information away, my whole thing to that, I'm like, look, if you have a Facebook page, if you have an Instagram page, if you have a Twitter page, you've already given thousands of your photos to who knows what, who knows where. So let's not be afraid now. <laughs> so let these people have I mean, the, you could be, it's bad enough you have your phone in your hand. Your phone listens to you. I mean, if you. Right, exactly. I, if, exactly. If you, just go search Amazon or something one, time, one day and just talk about something and see how many ads you get about that right. same thing you talked about maybe 15 minutes later. Just see, these days they got software. It seems like it damn near know what you think. Just think about a product. And the next time you go to Facebook, they're going to be advertising that product to you. So yeah, we're we're already cooked as far as Skynet and and you know what the robots are gonna do to us one day. So let these people have their old folks fun. <laughs> Who cares about Russia and, and the app and all of that kind of stuff? All right, well let's get into some hot topics real quick because we want to get all of this other stuff out of the way before we go into quick slants and talk that college football. Um, so hot topics are brought to you by my bookie. It's real quick. War Room Nation, let's talk real quick about how much cash you can make betting on sports at my bookie. Sports is a 365 day thing, so if you still haven't checked out my bookie, I don't know what you're waiting for. Lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports. Join us, the War Room, 
and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You tired of getting the runaround from those other services when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast without any hassles. Basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the big starts. I'm not a, a degenerate gambler, so I really don't know how that works, but it, but they do it. So that's crazy. Oh, I know how that works. I, I love you know how, how that works. works. Yeah, uh, I love how that works. to me right after this. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. You can also go to our website and just click on that and do it straight from there. But anyway, so Fred, how does that work? How do you place a bet after the game? Because I know a lot of dudes who would probably like to do that kind of stuff, you know, people who change their mind on everything every five minutes. So so, so if a team takes a lead, they probably want to change everything they're doing. So how do you place a lead? So live goes. betting is is this new thing where it's almost like hedging your bet. You can wait a little bit. I do it for college football games all the time, especially teams that are supposed to blow somebody out, and then they're definitely not blowing anybody out. It's a great advantage. Uh, the payouts aren't as good, and quite honestly, it's not – unless you're dropping huge amounts of cash, it really doesn't help you much. But, you know, if you want to bet on the second half of a game that you're a little bit worried about, you can throw that, that second half bet in. Um, a lot of times for me when I do it, I it's more so for my for a, like a long shot type of deal. I know something's going to be crazy. I, I feel like there's an upset there, but there's not – I'm not super confident about it. So I want to see a first quarter after the first quarter. Okay. The adrenaline's gone. Okay. Let's see what happens. And let's say, let's say your favorite team is, is whipping up on Alabama for a quarter and no one expected it. Then I'll drop that little bit of cash on it. Um, (laughs) It's a fun thing to do. It's a, it's a nice experiment, but uh, you lose more than you win because all those betting numbers, they don't really take into account that, a lot of a lot of times games just they have there's this thing called momentum there's this thing called really good athletes and the human element takes over at some point right i mean i'm thinking like can i go on there and like bet who's going to score the next 10 points <laughs> Bet no, on a basketball game who's going to have the next big it, run or something like that. No, it doesn't work like that. It's more so no. point spreads. It's about it's but. about point spreads. So, like, you can say the, the point spreads will move up and down throughout the game based on maybe a, a score, a team driving constantly uh, up and down the field, and they're just scoring back and forth. The point spreads will change, and you can kind of bet on dynamic point spreads. That's really all it is. Okay. Cool. Now I understand that. All right, so let, let's get into some NBA stuff um, early. Um, we all know that the, the smoke has basically cleared. The dust is starting to settle on this whole NBA free agency period. Um, Kawhi Leonard, the biggest shoe, dropped um, a little over a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. And it seems like even though a lot of moves took place before that, what he did kind of shapes the landscape of the league. The odd man out and all of this movement that happened because of the Kawhi Leonard situation is Chris Paul, who was traded from uh, the Houston Rockets to OKC after Kawhi Leonard took Paul George with him and the, the OKC Thunder 
graciously allowed Russell Westbrook to 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 fly from the nest, um, trading him to Houston with his old buddy Harden. Um, so Chris Paul being the odd man out, a lot of talk was surrounding whether or not they were going to try to trade him, make him play, or buy him out. I kind of knew that the buyout wasn't really uh, realistic, Fred, because he's owed a whole lot of money. So even if they were to buy him out, you know, there's, you know, they would offer something way less substantial than what he was owed. If I'm Chris Paul at this stage of my career, at this age, making the ridiculous contract money that he's making, there's no way that I would take a buyout. Like I would, I would suffer it out throughout OKC's rebuilding process and just <laughs> give up on the whole championship chase. If, you know, they tried to offer me some some buyout that was way less than what I was making. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think a lot of fans are – I think fans are mistaken sometimes because I think athletes are pressured these days. Um, and this is how the, the super team, quote-unquote, super team era started because fans and media, after the Michael Jordan era, put so much pressure on superstars to win championships – we, we're at a time now where these dudes are doing anything to do that. Even if they aren't in a position where they can do anything to do that, when you ask them, they're still going to say what you want to hear. So, so if we were to ask somebody like Chris Paul right now, what's more important to you, trying to get a championship or trying to get this money, he's going to say the championship. But, you know, you've talked to a lot of these guys behind the scene. I've talked to a lot of these guys behind the scene. We know what's really priority whether they're going to say it or not. So what would you, what would your thoughts be in this situation? If it was you say, Randy, they owe this man a lot of money. Say if they tried to offer him like 40, $50 million less on the buyout, would you take that at this point in your career when it doesn't really look like a lot of people have interest enough to recoup some of that salary for you anyway? Or would you go take that shit for a lot? OKC is going to be a very, if I'm Chris Paul, OKC is a very, very boring place. There's not a lot to do, but a hundred and by my count, 129 or so million dollars. I'm sorry, $123 million to be exact. That's a lot of, that's a big chunk of change to leave on the, and you're, they're going to say, let's say they offer me 50 million less. Nah. That's a lot. That's gen- that's that's generational wealth on top of generational wealth, and it's fully guaranteed. So that means even if you cut me, you still got to pay me. Yeah, I don't want a championship that bad. I'll say I want a championship, but I don't want a championship that bad. I can go buy me a ring that looks like a championship ring. Uh, yeah, $123 million is all. And at the end of the day, he'll be 37. Some team will still pick him up and say, hey – do something for for come play for minimal money, and you can come right. off the bench and you can be a starter, or you can be a starting like a like a uh, a starting six man type of guy coming off the bench playing starter minutes. You can do that at his age. It's just to be a distributor of the basketball, not a problem, and and take right. minimal money. I mean, a Kawhi Leonard could definitely use you later on in life. Uh, three years from now, go chase that ring. But right now, go get that money, please. Yeah, I mean, because it's one of those things, he's in a position where 
this is his last hurrah as far as big contracts go. And his contract is ridiculous. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of players with him being the president of the Players Association. There's a lot of players in the league who really dislike his reign as president because they think that he only kind of catered to the interests of the top guys in the league. A lot of them go as far as to say the quote-unquote banana bunch group. Like, he just looked out for his boys, you know, because they were some of the best players in the league. They say he doesn't really take care of the middle class and the lower class of the NBA. Like, what does this sound like? Are they calling my man Chris Trump? (laughs) Like, like is is, is he Chris Trump out here? Um, so a lot of players have disdain for him because of that, because, you know, there's only a select few that are top players in the NBA who are going to benefit from the super max and, you know, the, the, your, your 10 year, uh, max, you know, the, everything that you can get with these, uh, yeah. With those super crazy contracts. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So a lot of people are a little upset about that. So Chris Paul being his age, where he is in his career, he's right there. So he's benefiting off the fight that he led. So for me, I'm like, there's no way that this man is going to take any kind of pay cut or, or a buyout to go chase a chip. Yeah, you, you never know. And, Sometimes and, people might think, hey, I got enough money. <laughs> and see, for me, I think from when I look at it, he's not going to the Lakers. Where are you going? Because at the end of the day, you have very, as many people as many people say, oh, there's a lot of dynamic duels, and now the NBA has gone back to the way it was in the '90s, and there's no more super teams. Yeah, about that. The Lakers are about to become a super team at some point. If you all, I mean, they get one more free agency run. I mean, you you have Hello. a chance and. Long, I'm about to say, Fred, really, the Lakers are a fully healed Achilles away from being a super team. If Boogie comes yeah, back, exactly percent of what Boogie was before that Achilles, that's yeah. going to be the pickup of the year. Like, I've been praising that pickup ever since they made it because there's not yeah. much risk there. You're getting Boogie at like three, almost three and a half million, and he could be fully back to, you know, we have him and that much with these injuries. But he could be back to the boogie. That's he won't put up these numbers because of who he's playing with. But itself. he could be back to, yeah, he could be back to twenty-five and twelve boogie. Uh, boogie. He's not going to put those numbers up because of who he's playing with. But the threat would be there. If his if and his on any given be. night when LeBron says, "I don't want to play tonight," exactly. you still have a your front your your front court is just going to be silly. I mean, you're just going to bully people down low, and it's over with. I mean, you have a – and you know how nowadays the bigs don't – these big, these bigs here, they have an inside-outside type of deal, so they don't – they're not going to clog up anything. They know how to play together. They played together before. So this is just – this is a better better version of the Pelicans, honestly, if you really think about it. Right. Right, because they got got Rondo. (laughs) It's the Pelicans with LeBron pretty much, and you can't be mad at that. Um but no, you you made a great point though because if Boogie comes back fully healthy and he's you know back to being top two or three bigs in the league, then on load management nights for this team it's going to be crazy because if AD and Brown wants to sit out, then Boogie can put the team on his back. If Boogie and Brown wants to sit out, AD can put the team on his back. If those other two sit out, you know LeBron could put the put the team on his back and. Each of those guys will have the help of Kuzma and, you know, some other guys out there. So, 
they would have a great situation if they could stay healthy. Uh, I don't even believe I'm talking about load management, but it is what it is. That's a part of the league now. Um, I think that's one of the silliest things ever. <laughs> but like I said, it is what it is. But anyway, the CP3, they the, they they have been trying to trade him. That, that contract is going to be one of the hardest contracts to trade because of the amount that he's owed and because of his age. Um, and those talks have seemed to stall. So everybody's thinking now that he's going to suit up and start the season um, on the Thunder team, and they might not be able to get a deal done until after, I think, like December 15th since they didn't get it done now. So uh, at least, get, you know, look forward to seeing Chris Paul in OKC again. I'll say again because I remember when the Hornets were um, – what was that after Katrina when they had to yeah. relocate for a little while? Oklahoma City they Hornets. Played yeah. in Oklahoma City. That's why they found out that Oklahoma City was viable, you know, enough for an NBA team because those fans came out like the Hornets were their own and and showed people like y'all need to give us a team and we will root for them like this every night. So the trade talks are stalled. Um, I'm interested interested to see how that's going to play out a little later on. Now speaking of money. <laughs> somebody on the other side of the spectrum, somebody who's only, you know, in their third NBA season coming up of playing, um, Ben Simmons from my Philadelphia 76ers. He just got a max deal, five-year extension for roughly about $170 million, but there's some kickers in there that could take the deal all the way up to about $204 million. That That's depending on him making an all-NBA team, um, there's some stuff in there about being league MVP, yada yada yada. Um, things that won't happen. Did you say things more, aren't that aren't going to happen? I, right? Well, I wouldn't say things plural. I think he could have made thing, all or the thing, things. Thing. I don't. Yeah, he's not going to be. He's not going to be MVP. So that part I would say is is not going to happen before or because that has to happen next year before the contract kicks in. That's not going to happen. All-NBA team, I think he'll get some extra money off of that. Um, he went from rookie of the year to all-star. If he comes back with a little semblance of, you know, if he could step back and at least hit a 10-foot jump shot and make that a part of his arsenal, that will make him that much better. Um, so I can see an all-NBA team in the future. But do you think – this is the question of the week as far as this is concerned. Do you think – this was a good deal by the Sixers to, to to lock him up this early. I'm always on the uh, for when it comes to contracts. I've always been on the other end of things where I'm on the team side because I love the business of sports, ne- not necessarily just throwing money at players. It doesn't matter, you know, what they look like, who they are. I don't care if they're my favorite player, or my most hated player. Um, a lot of times I'm about team building, and a lot of times you just can't build a team when you give money like this, but the NBA, you can throw money around at any point. So um, I don't mind it because he's, he's going to be your franchise player. He's not going anywhere for at least the next, for the foreseeable future. Um, I don't understand where this team is going still. They have, they've always had like a big lineup still. I, I mean, I don't, I just don't see where it's going, but uh, if you have, to, it's a star driven league. So you have to keep your stars to keep seats at butts in seats and at least have a chance. And the East is kind of open again. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even from a team perspective, like to lock them up early, 
there's not even a player option in that fifth season. So there is a 15% trade kicker. So he has that power, but he doesn't have the power to opt out. I guess in today's NBA, you don't need it. You just say, I want out, and you force their hand somehow, no matter how many years you got left on your contract. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure uh, Rich Paul and Clutch Sports will at some point force Ben Simmons out of this deal. But I think it was great to get it done now because this is not a Chris Paul situation. This deal, even if, if Ben Simmons, you know, because everybody goes for the low-hanging fruit. Everybody talks about, oh, Ben Simmons can't shoot. He doesn't have a jump shot. Let's say Ben Simmons never in the five years or however many Three first three years of this deal never comes back with a jump shot, or it's just not improved enough to to think that anything's worth it. He's still on the younger side of his career, and he still has a lot of other attributes in his game. So this this deal, this contract will be tradable for the lifetime of this contract. Whereas you pay a guy as old as Chris Paul, you you kind of stuck with it because it's very hard to to get rid of. Uh, a 37, almost 40-year-old player making 40-something million dollars in the last mm-hmm. few years of the deal. You know what I'm saying? So, um, And shout-out to Skyview in the, in the chat room. He said, my Sixers overpaid. That cat wants to be in L.A. There's, that, see, that's the thing. See, people say stuff like that. There's no such thing as overpaying at this point in the career. Max player yeah. was a max player. If he didn't get it there, he would get it somewhere else. He would get it somewhere so else, if he wants yeah. to be in L.A., then he shouldn't have signed a five-year deal. But if he does want to be in L.A. at some point and they force him out, hey, the Sixers are just going to have to milk L.A. for everything they can to get that done. If they want to send him where he wants to be or they could trade him somewhere else. So, you know, if it ends that way, it ends that way. But it might be the Sixers who end up saying, okay, we've gotten everything out of Ben Simmons that we have a few years into this deal, everything that we needed or everything that we can. And they ended up. You know, they end up trading them. But there's no such thing as overpaying on your first deal. Like, certain players are going to get the max no matter where they are. This is so in the NFL where you, you have to. You know, yeah. Like, there's no negotiating. You're going to get the max. Yeah. Period. <laughs> this this is in the NFL where you have, like, a – and I know we'll probably talk about this later, but and you can kind of tie it in. This isn't how you have a Zeke or um, Dak Prescott situation where oh, yeah. the team – where you have a whole bunch of leverage on one side and, uh, you know, their careers are short. NBA players can play for almost 20 years now. I mean, it's right. the NFL. That's why you got players. cats like Chris Paul making – Forty something million dollars going into his eighty thousandth year, like it's crazy out here. In these I would years. rather my team suck every year and just keep accumulating really decent players in the top half of the draft every year than pay a player what Chris Paul is making. I would rather right. never like, I, and I know I'm kind of going off a little bit, but I'm a Miami Heat fan, and as much as I, I wouldn't have paid Jimmy Butler what they paid him. It's not he's not worth that contract I'd rather that team I'd rather go get lottery picks lottery pick after lottery pick and just deal with it because at some point you're going to hit and you take that that approach of a ton of draft picks just makes they hit at some point and we just hit on somebody versus paying a 30 year old a 30 year old player and by the time he same thing with Chris Paul you're going to be paying a guy 30 plus when he's 34 years old and it's just not worth it Right, and and Jimmy, you using Jimmy Butler, that's kind of the, the perfect example of 
just certain players are designated as max players. So anywhere Jimmy ended up, he was going to get the max. You're just saying, I'd rather that, you know, I'd rather that not be with my team. Right, right. <laughs> but but right. anywhere he goes, he was going to get the max. There's not much negotiation in this kind of stuff. When, you, when, you, when you're negotiating a Ben Simmons at 24 years old, all you're negotiating is options, trade kickers, exactly. and, and, and bonuses for, for achievements. Everything else is already it's, it's set. Give and take so at that point. It's give and overpay. take. <laughs> you can't overpay and you can't underpay because nobody's taking that. Nobody's gonna get underpaid when they can make a certain amount of money. So um yeah that that's that's we'll, we'll see how everything plays out. We'll see if he ends up being there for the full five years of that extension. Um there's been rumors floating around. Now I thought it was weird from the moment they the Golden State Warriors traded for D'Angelo Russell, but we knew they had to do something. They had to get something in return for losing Kevin Durant. And the fact that they were able to do a sign and trade, it's best to get the best assets you can get back from the Brooklyn Nets. I don't think he fits. And I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, he's I don't just temporary until Clay comes back. Because when Clay comes back, even though D'Angelo is an all-star, I'm like, how are you going to have a lineup of Steph, Clay? Draymond, like that's a tiny lineup as is because Draymond's already playing, you know, big positions and he's damn near no no taller than Clay Thompson. So I, I didn't think it was a fit. And there's already rumors that they may try to trade D'Angelo Russell to Cleveland for Kevin Love. You think Kevin Love will be a better fit in Golden State than D'Angelo Russell? I mean, it's almost if you want him to stand in the corner and do absolutely nothing but shoot threes or sit at mid, sit mid 15, 18 feet away from the from the bucket and just occasionally be a, a, a post-up guy or a spot-up shooter, sure. Does it that, fit what they do? Yeah. No, see, but, do but I trust Fred, Kevin Love? No. You're talking, about, you're talking about LeBron James' Kevin Love. That wasn't what Kevin Love was before he played this with is LeBron. True. But when you're this a big man and you play with LeBron, you have to do that. You have to sacrifice. You have to get out of the way. They turned Bosch into a spot-up shooter. Bosch was giving dudes 24 and 12, 24 and 11 before he joined up with, with, um, with the Heat. And then they turned him into a third fiddle who gets – his legacy gets crapped on because, you know, he was Bron and, and Wade's – Understudy right. damn there. It was the, they was said it would be the big three, but it was Wade and, and Wade and LeBron right. at some point, and Bosch was an afterthought. Yeah. Plus, spreading the floor, standing around the perimeter—that's what they do in basketball these days. But I think Kevin Love would have a chance to be something different and kind of go back to what he was pre-Cleveland if he if this trade went through. Of course. Um, Golden State, Bob Myers, the uh, GM of Golden State, is denying that there's anything going on. He said, you know, everybody already has him traded, and but we're going to sit around. We're going to pretty much see what we he have how to play the game. before anything happens. Yeah, that just means he's going to get traded. <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's just trying Diazolo to... Diazolo knows. Yeah, Diazolo knew right off. He's like, I'm just here because they needed to get something back. For KD, I think it would be a, a great trade for uh, Golden State. I think D'Angelo Russell would be like, "How the hell did I end up in Cleveland?" If I was D'Angelo Russell, I would coming Brooklyn team. 
<laughs> I would literally say to myself, what am I, what did I do to deserve this? Because right. he, for, for all intents and purposes, if you really think about it, he really, he got, he finally shook the bad juju he had from being with those Laker teams with uh, Nick Young and that, and People look at him Nick as a decent people. player now. Yeah, dry <laughs> snitching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even if the old boy was doing kind of, he was he was doing some shady stuff. But you just don't snitch on your on, on your boys. Like, yeah, stay out there, stay out of that man's business. But you know, he finally shook that, and finally, just when he got a chance to turn things around in public eye, now he's I got to go to Cleveland. Like, no one <laughs> wants to play in Cleveland. No one wants to play in Cleveland. That's the situation where you force your hand and say, I won't play. I'll re- I-, I won't retire, but I won't play either. I'm not going to give you 100%. No, not at all. A backcourt right. of Colin Sexton and D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> right. I mean, they already – they keep drafting uh, ball handlers. Uh, Colin Sexton is probably already offended because of the people that they drafted um, <laughs> a few a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, before we get into some NFL uh, conversation, we got some calls on the line. So I see uh, the homie Rob calling from Cali. Rob, what's going on? My favorite troll. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Rob? You better hurry up. Yo, give me a call back in a second. I'll call you back in a second. Yo, did you tell us to call you back? He said, give me a call back. Man, we got Tobias on the line calling in from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn <laughs> time, bro. Roll damn time. How you have me wait behind him, man? I thought we had an arrangement here. <laughs> <laughs> he, he beat you to the punch this week, man. He knew. Hey, that was God. racing. Yo, God, he said, call I tell you, back, man. Hey, uh, man. All right, before Fred, we get... Fred going to have to call right, him touch, back. Touch his basketball thing real quick before I get on my football stuff, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I do believe if Golden State trade for Kevin Love, that's insurance for if and when they don't offer Draymond the max. Because hmm. I always thought the guy was overrated, fastly overrated. But he's even gotten worse. Draymond's gotten worse over the years. So do you want to pay that guy $30-something million? Or you'll say, hey, we had a hell of a run, which we'll go with Kevin Love, who could play out the post and can shoot the perimeter jumper and rebound. I'd rather pay that, and he actually makes less than what he's had to pay Draymond. It's just, it's just something to think about there. You have very interesting points, sir. I, I really – I didn't think about it like that. That this, that team would look so much different now. I mean, I'm used to seeing Katie and, and I, I mean, everyone that's a Golden State fan, they want to see Draymond. He's a he's kind of like Steph. They want him to be a legacy guy at this point. They drafted him. They want him to be there. Really think they're gonna break the band though like that? Would you pay him thirty plus million dollars a year? <laughs> no. You don't, you don't want that you know. Some, some organizations might feel like, oh, we owe him. I, hey, if I, don't put me in the front office because I don't owe anybody nothing. I'll be one of those cutthroat hey. DMs. Like, I like, already oh, said, I want to get rid of Tom Brady. Thanks, so I'm willing to get rid, of, get rid of Steph. I'm ready to get rid of Tom Brady. I don't want to pay him. So if I if I'm not if I'm not willing to keep Tom Brady, nobody's safe. Hey, right, right. look at it this way, Fred. Hey, you, Fred was right about Brady. Imagine you got rid of Brady and we got the uh, Loch Ness monster. I mean Jimmy Garoppolo out there, who somehow is a superstar quarterback who hasn't played much. <laughs> <laughs> that boggles my mind. 
you know. But uh, dude hasn't even made it to the trade deadline yet, but he's supposed to be a superstar quarterback. Uh, <laughs> you know. But one thing I get fucking on football, load management. That I thought you put that in the in the group on the page. That's that's worse right. than tanking because load management is pretty much saying you ain't trying to win that night anyway. <laughs> you know, and, and you're raising your ticket prices. These these games are going for two to three hundred dollars a pop before you you know on these lower level seats in a lot of these arenas. That's just on the first level. That's not even on the floor or nothing. Yes. Yeah. Heard you coming off an injury. Here's a, if they get a week off after the All-Star break, cool. Uh, Major League Baseball has a little break. Then you don't have much, many more back-to-backs like you used to. You don't have the four games in five nights. And you're still going to sit out because you want to rest and chill? <laughs> after a while, it's like, come the hell on. Are you guys going to play? You got all these breaks. And I think that is going to mess with fans a lot also because you can take tanking all you want. They ain't showing the Chicago Bulls or the Memphis Grizzlies anyway. <laughs> you know, the Phoenix Suns. They ain't on TV. But you but you got the – like last year, LeBron came off the growing, played against the Clippers, but sat out a national TV game against the, the Golden State Warriors on Saturday night. And the NBA – like Turner and the ESPN, ABC – gave the NBA billions of dollars and you can't even put the damn star players on? You can't tell them that, net, that those networks aren't mad about that. I think it's the it's no, the I'm, amount of games they play because the games don't matter. I, I look at it like, for me, as a, a NBA fan, I watch my team, but as far as the the league as a whole, I don't watch the rest of the league all 82 games. I watch Probably around All-Star weekend time, that's when I really lock in. Same thing with baseball. There's so many games right around the home run derby and the All-Star game. That's when I really lock in because there's no – all the other games don't – to me, they just don't matter. That's the team's way of getting their lineups correct, and they're trying to experiment. The bad thing They're not taking it seriously. The teams and players are starting to think like that. I thought of – Casual basketball fan, dudes like me, like I'm watching hoops every day on League Pass, small market teams on the middle of a Tuesday night, and, and that's not even the case though because now, like this whole load management thing, you start sit them out against the team. Now you got national TV matchups that ESPN or TNT have been promoting for weeks. Come up and do that. No, I'm old management. Regular season doesn't even Now, for me, because the question that I was referring to it whether low management was worse than tanking, and I agree with Tobias that the low management is worse because you know tanking. And you know, I, I, I'm an expert on this. When the '70s went to three years. <laughs> Here's my, here's my, you know, thoughts to the team. And this was my part. Okay, while you're doing that, don't expect me to buy any tickets. Expect me to have any, Bingo. you know, season ticket plans, exactly. season ticket plans. Don't expect me to buy any paraphernalia. So do what you're doing, but I will not financially support you. Now, on the other hand, low management, you got stars who are sitting out of games. Yo, I've been a fan who's traveled across the country to see a certain player play. 
Like when LeBron first came to the league, I saw LeBron in at least five, six different cities. Right? Now imagine if that was a thing back then. And I'm man, I'm flying out the places and and I get there and when you fly out the places, you gotta get the tickets. You don't fly to another just to sit in the nosebleed. So you you're paying, you know, a couple hundred dollars for some seats. Go by yourself, so that's sort of right there and you're to sit in the and we close. Like
before he got a run. I wanted to ask both oh, of cool. you. Oh, cool. I got, I got a minute. All right. What, this this whole Dak and Zeke contract situation, let's talk mm. about it. Because I'm even hearing, what, and this is crazy because I usually don't. I'm going to give you all some props, but, of course, I'm going I'm to do it backhanded, Cowboys fans. I've been hearing Cowboys fans talk intelligently about these contract situations. Usually Cowboys fans are like, pay the man. No matter who it is on their team, they think that person is better than everybody else at the position. I've heard Cowboys fans say, first of all, that they're mad at Philly for for giving um, Carson Wentz what they gave him because now they think they're going to have to give the same thing to Dak. Dak, first of all, I I just kind of ignore that talk anyway because I don't care what you say. And and it might be about whether you complete seasons or not, but Carson Wentz is better than Dak, so he He's deserves to be paid more than Dak. Um, <laughs> and I've actually heard people, and this was even more surprising. I've heard people say, "Man, go ahead and get rid of Zeke. We can't afford to pay Dak, Zeke, and you know Amari and some other people. We need to pay some other people." Like they're talking intelligently about their team. I heard somebody that usually doesn't talk this way tell me that. You know, we have more important positions to play, to pay, let Zeke go. Yo, for the last couple of years, the Cowboys was like, you know, Zeke the freak. We got Zeke. Zeke the man. Have y'all heard this, or have I just been bumped to a, a another dimension, a different reality? Go ahead, go ahead Fred. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've heard – I've actually heard the whole let's trade Zeke thing, and actually I'm, I was actually one of the few people that when it first – this whole thing came out, like – I said this last year, like trade him way before now because I don't want Zeke is the one guy in the NFL. If he's his name, if his name was Tyreek Hill right now, he'd be out of the league. If his name was Josh Gordon, he'd be out of the league for all of the silly, stupid stuff that he gets away with. By the way, he plays for the Dallas Cowboys, who and I and I know you guys can't see these air quotes, but America's team, and he and we know how that goes. It's not good for business. But if you were a trade, if you were the Cowboys, why pay a running back? And you know how I feel about running backs. Don't pay them big money. I don't care if his name's Barry Sanders. I don't care if his name's Walter Payton. Don't pay him big money. You can go find another one, especially with that offensive line. Don't pay Zach either. That I have to preface Ooh. that too. By the way, perfect <laughs> let trade Dak partner. roll out too. Yeah, let Dak roll too. I, do you really want to be stuck with Dak, and then you're stuck at number fifteen to eighteen in the draft every year because you're now going to be in the out in the first round or right at eight and eight every year? Do you really want to so be do, stuck there? Just saying. Do you guys think that? Do you believe in the the ideology that Dak Prescott is far inferior when he's playing without? Ezekiel Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with Dak. And I watch, you know, being an SEC guy, I watched Dak all four years. He is And this is why I hate the whole – this is why people got to understand. Quarterback win-loss record is not a real stat. Because football is the ultimate team sport. Exactly. Uh, so, hey, if you want to trade Zeke, we'll take him in Tampa. Because like I said before, how the hell we can't have a running back? We got Peyton Barber. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, hey, he's been, he's been slamming hey, Peyton. Barber you want Cadillac like, Williams all month. over again? You really want to do hey, that? Hey, at, at least Cadillac had a good run. No pun intended. But here's the thing: <laughs> if you go, if, if you go sign a running back, front load the contract. Just exactly get those couple right. years out of you can let him go. Because basically, he's doing like Zeke is young. But I would trade him. I'll take him in Tampa because hey, you know. 
hey, get rid of Dax. Jameis Winston may be available the way Bucks fans want to get rid of him. They act like he's Rick Meyer. And then, hey, then we can find some other schmuck to put behind the worst offensive line, one of the bottom five offensive lines, worst running game, and the worst defensive effect to the turn water into wine. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, though, you've got to be smart here because Jerry Jones is not a big believer in Dak. He wanted Tonko to come back because he knew Dak Prescott is limited. Yeah. With that. And it, it, I here's the thing. Because everybody because, compares, you know, statistics between Wentz and Dak. Romo, they have not even just the purrs. A lot of them are the cumulative stats. And people don't realize if your knock on Carson Wentz is that he doesn't complete seasons, then you shouldn't be all excited about Dak for having the same – Cumulative stats as a man but, but, who doesn't even finish seasons. But, but you know what though, Car- the, the Eagles front office always give them credit. They did a smart thing by locking up Wentz now, <laughs> you know, instead of waiting. Because you, if you wait, you had to pay more money. And so yeah, the Eagles have always had like a history. That, Jerry Jones didn't believe of, him. Yeah, they always had a history of locking up younger players early, and them out the way, getting rid of older players before their play actually starts to decline. Like the city will be down yeah. on them like, oh, man, why would you get rid of him? And then when he plays on the next team, he stinks. And you're like, wow, I'm glad they got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> Is the Cowboys yeah, are smart to get this, done, this deal done before uh, Mr. Mahomes out in Kansas City gets that $200 million deal that we're going to see? You might yeah. want to get that deal done ASAP because yeah, – yeah, but even he if he gets that, do you think Dak has any leg to stand on if he tries to oh, yeah. use oh, yeah. Patrick Mahomes because, as his? Because, yeah. because the Cowboys have I'll no. Say, because see, the Cowboys not gonna be in a spot in the draft to get one to fix three unless they trade half exactly. it, like they draft it, and that's the problem yeah. there because because you know Tua, Fromm, uh, and Lawrence. Herbert gonna be going top five. Trevor Lawrence be the year after that, and teams gonna tank for him, so they don't have a. Ain't nobody trading picks that year for that spot. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you got. So the thing is, Dallas should have torn up that contract early, and just gave him some money then, and just roll they with the punches and let him go. They should have hit him with the Andy Dalton deal. You give, you put a lot of performance enhancers in it, knowing that he's not going to hit four thousand, <laughs> five thousand yards, and forty, forty-five touchdowns. You know he's not going to touch it, and if he does touch it, that means you're probably winning a Super Bowl. So I'll, I'll be okay with giving him that money if he's winning Super Bowl. Can I ask you guys a question though? How the hell can you be thirty million dollars a year and you want half the year about throwing over two hundred yards in a game in a league <laughs> where you can't touch a receiver? <laughs> I. I I don't, I, for me, I look at it and I say to myself, on a team where you have the best, arguably the best offensive line in football, a running game, which a running game, we can still, the running back is coming back where teams are running the ball more and more, and all of your success comes off of this running game, and you still struggle. <laughs> not only to throw the ball, not everybody in the league can throw that in the middle of the field. Everybody can do that because we have, I mean, you have plays designed for this. But for me, yeah. when I look at the I mean, fact that you can't down, throw why, down the tight line, ends are are the you know so important. They're in the safety game blanket, then. yeah. You, but you can't throw down the field uh, up the sidelines. I mean, you have Amari Cooper now. You re, I mean, we, I, I'm still the verdict is still out on that because he did what he did it yeah. for one year. I want to see him do it more than one year. You know, I want to see more, but. I don't know. Dak is to me, Dak. I can give you twelve quarterbacks, maybe fifteen 
that are better than Dak. And if I can do that, I don't need to give you 30 plus million. You know, and I, I got to stick on one quarterback, and I've been on this guy. I don't like the, the hype around Baker Mayfield. It's unreal for, Ooh, for a team that, that, that for, for, for a team that for, for a quarterback. I know he was a rookie, but only beat one winning team. That was a Joe Flacco's team. He got bent for a wishbone quarterback. Uh, he didn't even <laughs> beat no good teams last year. But yeah, we're like, hey, this guy here's a second coming. We love his personality. But let a brother see what happens. Uh, we're not gonna go there, Tobias. We're not going but, there. No. I, we already are there. But uh, but the problem is that they are setting this team up to fail. Well, for first year head coach last year, Freddie Hot played kitchen in Alabama. He, he was fat in college, also. But anyway, uh, they setting themselves up for all the talk. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, dude, I'm like, that's so young. The schedule gets tougher, and you and I remember they go. In the prime time game, you really think Bill Belichick will let a short quarterback who's stocky, who can't see over defense, who can't do nothing to come in your face, is going to do him? And you got Odell Beckham. What if he doesn't get the ball? You know, yeah. what if Kareem Hunt got in trouble again? What if he don't let him come back? Or, we'll oh, here's a novel we'll concept. There's a little thing called tape. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Looking at their schedule right now, they have they're on the road at Baltimore, Seattle. They have on the road in, at Baltimore at the end of September, and then they get a run of Seattle, New England, Denver, and Buffalo. Those are some damn good defenses. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, man. There's a lot of expectations for the Browns this year, and you know, as the, as it inches closer. On this show and on Cover 2, we'll talk about our predictions for the mm-hmm. year, see if we believe in the hype. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> right now it is what it is. It's just talk. is just hype. We'll see if they can do something. And um, Skyview uh, said Tobias Pauls for one of them. I, heard, I, 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 was know, say I know exactly I, I the one you're talking about, but I was just going <laughs> to keep quiet. <laughs> Who's talking about Jimmy G? You, 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 you got me. For the year? Yeah, you, you're no. lucky you got me tonight. Because Jimmy and, and B. Austin would have never let you live on that. Now, you said something about um, um, Baker Mayfield coming in your face. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. Tobias, but... we, we gotta, we're going to roll on, man. As, as usual, we appreciate the call. We we holler at you next week. It's pretty much, yeah. Tobias pretty much got a segment, man. It's a weekly segment. It's called Let's Be Honest Here. So that, that, that's been this week's segment of Let's Be Honest Here. We'll holler at you. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, that this whole, you know, Cowboys situation, I wonder if the front office is going to be as smart as some of the fans that I've talked to. I was just pleasantly surprised that you're able to talk objective football with Cowboys fans. Like, it was it was very refreshing. Um uh, Ezekiel might be in trouble again because now the guy, the security guard from Vegas, is pressing charges. Uh, he didn't like that the NFL didn't give him any punishment, and he thought that the apology from Zeke wasn't really sincere. So now he's pressing charges. So now there's an investigation um, open back up about that whole Zeke situation. So he might be back in trouble. There's a you know a situation where he could end up being suspended and missing some games. Um, and this is what people fear. Like, Zeke hasn't been, you know, he hasn't had any major injuries, but 
he just keeps getting into things that's jeopardizing his time on the field. And I think a lot of people are starting to wonder if it's worth it in the end. So we shall see. So before we move on, uh, let's just do the quote of the week, man. The quote of the week comes from your man, Dwight Howard. He did a sit-down with uh, Christine Leahy on her show. I forgot what it's called, little YouTube joint that she does. Um, I haven't watched the whole interview yet, but supposedly he opened up a little bit about the rumors of be- of him being gay. He told her, quote, I'm not gay. It hurt at first to go through it, the rumors he's talking about. He said, I sat at home and I was like, I never want to come outside again. Now, that was the quote. I'm thinking if <laughs> if what people are saying isn't true, then how do you feel like that? You know what I'm saying? I think the reason you felt like that is because the proof that this person, the receipts that this person brought to the table in the form of uh, conversations, I think he knows that he looks, you know, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's your thing, that's your thing. But But he looks guilty. And he goes on to say, you know, he spent a lot of months reflecting on his life after the allegations went public and he was basically saying it upset me because I didn't even know who the person was. Why would somebody who who I've never met, never had any contact with, make up a whole story about me? And I'm like, Dwight, did you forget that there were recorded conversations? Like, so it's kind of difficult for you to play the somebody I've never met card at this point in the game when we heard you talking to this person and when they were saying these quote-unquote damaging things, he wasn't exactly denying it. He just seemed to be on the phone trying to play dumb and talking codes on the Justin case. I don't think he did a very good job of it, but it, it seems weird to me, and I don't really care to talk long about this man's sexuality or whatever, but I don't know. It, it just seems kind of weird to me. Be yourself. Be who you are. What is it going to change? That's my question. You got any thoughts on this first? I echo you, man. I don't really have much of much of anything on this one because, quite honestly, I don't I don't care about this man's sexuality. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that that really the that wasn't the one thing that caught my eye in that conversation. I got a chance to really sit down and kind of pick apart that conversation. That wasn't the part that concerned me. It was the part about Kobe calling him soft, and he yeah, only now realizing that why. sounded stupid too. <laughs> it's like you, you just, like, like he's not talking about you as a person. Like, did you really think Kobe was talking about? I bumped into the guy and he felt like the Pillsbury Doughboy. What did you think he was talking about? I'm just now realizing he was talking about my edge, my mentality, dude. You can't be serious right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you really can't be serious right now. Dwight, I think now it's it's more he's getting TV time because his career has he his career is the back end of it I guess if you want to call it that has been <laughs> very disappointing. I mean the mm-hmm. second he went to L.A. because you could tell he always wanted to be Shaq. We knew it from the set. His career went that way. It was Orlando, L.A. And you, you're with Kobe. I mean, your career is following. You wanted to be Superman, and it just didn't work. But you can't, you can't go play with the Lakers and not have some kind of an edge. I mean, 
it it just didn't work out for him, and he just was never the same guy. I never thought he was especially, really all that especially, good. Especially playing next to a psychopath like Kobe. Exactly. You know, he's not exactly. trying to do, you know. He, he, he on that, that Michael stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. He's acting oh, yeah. off to Michael in practice. Michael put his hands on a couple dudes. But you know what? Oh, I said Dwight he's Howard was a psychopath. I never was a – I was never a big fan of Dwight Howard because to me he was just a he was a nice in today's NBA he'd be great he's a nice rebounder that's it mm-hmm. I mean he has zero post game he never had a counter move I mean that, these are all that things. is crazy because what he came in as Fred you, you make a great point because what the NBA has gone to now he would have been great at at this but when he was in you know when he was in his prime. And you know, even though for for a minute he was the best center in the league, but he still had some flaws can, in his when game. There's, when there's a number but even of in his one, prime, they were still not. trying to force dudes to have their back to the basket, have moves, counter moves, just like you said. Now you don't mm-hmm. need any of that. They're giving Clint Capella big money. All he do is go after the ball, rebound. They call them rebounders and rim protectors. And That's it. That's right, it. Right. <laughs> Willie St- Collie Stein, and you know. I think everybody that's getting every big that's getting paid now, with the exception of like a Joel Embiid and a Boogie Cousins, um, and even a, a, a Joker in Denver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a, there's three or four exceptions in the whole league, but everybody else who's getting paid now, they probably owe a nice a nice check and a nice thank you to somebody. Stephen like Adams should be Chandler. very happy. Stephen Adams <laughs> should be just thanking those guys right. every day of his That's life. Saying, they all should, when Tyson Chandler walks into a room, they should all, you know, just kneel and bow yeah. and thank him. Because <laughs> yeah. when Tyson Chandler came into the league, much of the early part of his career, they were like, yo, this dude has no moves, no back-to-the-basket uh, game. He's not strong enough. And then he quietly – Went, you know, he was the bridge into a generation where you didn't need any of that stuff, and nope. then he became uh, an NBA champion center. So, <laughs> just for being tall, yeah. <laughs> so they owe they owe Tyson Chandler a lot, maybe even a Marcus Camby. But Marcus Camby could get Ooh. the ball in the post. He could step out and shoot a fifteen. So yeah, not Marcus. He just had the body. I was going. That's so disrespectful. Yeah, he can't be there more. I ain't, ain't going to do that to Camby. I ain't going to do that to Kane. All right, so that's your quote of the week. Our stat of the week, man, our stat of the week is really just a number, and that number is five. And we have to put a dollar sign before that five because Big Uh-oh. Baller Brand was spotted in a regular old high school gym at a volleyball game with a pop-up shop, and they were selling T-shirts for $5. We already knew Ooh. that there was trouble in paradise with, with the dude Allen stealing a lot of money from him. With uh, Lonzo distancing himself from the brand, um, but this is somebody who we we criticized his price points from the door. They came out blazing shoes for four hundred ninety five dollars, signatures, you know, signed shoes a thousand dollars, nine hundred ninety five dollars, t shirts fifty dollars, caps fifty dollars. Now we had pop ups selling hoodies for fifteen and t shirts for five. Um, is 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 Uncle Uncle Var running with his tail between his legs? Is is it over? Yeah. R I P to B B B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's over. I'm sorry, but you if you can, if you're overpricing your stuff to the point where a pair of J's, I mean, you could get a classic pair of J's for 
180, 220. I don't do that anymore. So I don't forgive me if my prices are off nowadays, but you know, I could go into any footlocker and know, you know, look, I know these just dropped. Let me get these for 180, 220. You're talking two to three times the price for a pair of sneakers that look like a, they look like a bad knockoff pair of a pair of Kobe's. I, mm-hmm. I've always said the first the first uh, Lonzo Ball sneakers looked like Kobe's, and those sneakers ran for like one sixty five. So and the La- and the Lakers think that the shoes was tearing up his ankles and his feet. <laughs> <laughs> they thought yeah, that was the reason really he bad. kept getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's it's gotten pretty bad, and I think Lonzo's finally, and really not just him, all three of those kids, they're finally figuring out their dad has been the one that has really hurt their career. I think if if Lonzo, Lonzo, uh, Lavar really, I think if there was no Lavar and only Lonzo in the picture, the Lakers would be a little, would have been a little bit more, um, they would have been a little bit more patient with Lonzo, especially knowing all the same stuff that here. He had because he for had me, talent. if given the choice, even though a lot of people are big on him, and I'm a fan, but if given the choice, I keep Lonzo and Dale Coos. What Thank you get you. from Coos, you can find. That's like a running back in the NFL. You can find yeah, you that. can find a stretch guy. You what can you find a can guy. get from Lonzo if he lives up to his potential, you know that that's pretty rare. A six-six you know, guard that can pass that like no, like he's, pass, he's Jason Kidd very yeah. well. Yeah, you know yeah. he can rebound like he he's a total package with not that great of a jump shot. But what you get from Coos, I mean, you you can get that from pretty much any. That's great what they teach bigs now. Yeah, they tell yeah, everybody you, you now that six ten. Yeah, you can you but, can tell a six ten guy now to shoot any day of the week now, but you can't teach. I what also think that's why they ended up keeping Kuz, though. I think you know the Lakers put out there that they didn't want to lose him. Of course, you don't want to lose him, but at the same time, I think other teams might have been thinking just like me, like, well, there's no deal unless you give me Lonzo. I don't really, you know, I, if it's if it's between the two, I'll take Lonzo. So that's probably mm-hmm. what other teams told them. So they probably didn't have the choice to choose between Lonzo and, and Kyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, the brand is dead. Lonzo probably out there begging Nike for a deal because um, he's still rocking. He's still got a pair of Nikes every time I see him. Um, he even did that when the brand was, you know, alive and kicking. But what you said, um, the dad kind of ruined all three of their careers. The the problem is Lonzo's already not the problem, but the the, the situation is Lonzo's already in the league. He's going to a different address. He has a chance to turn it around now that mm-hmm. he is distancing himself from the brand and a little bit from his family. He has a chance to turn it around and be what people expected him to be. Mello, even though his dad ruined him by taking him out of high school, now he wants, you know, he plays pro. Now he wants to try to get him back in the high school so he can play college. And college teams are like, no, we're not dealing with that. The fact that he's still young and talented, he still has a shot. But the one that he really ruined was the middle dude because he needed all of the support that he could get Mm -hmm. because he was the least talented of the three. He needed to be at UCLA. He needed to be able to play well in a college atmosphere to get looks in the league because he was never the one that was going to get a look right out of high school, even if that was available to them. So he needed He would have got a look only because his brothers were turned out to be really, really decent. But but had he had a chance to go to UCLA, I mean, I think he would have did well in college, but he needed that. 
So now you you took him out of college because he's on indefinite suspension for something he did. <laughs> but you know, Levar Ball don't want to. He he doesn't want them to be accountable for their actions. He didn't want them to sit out because he had it in his mind that he was one and done anyway. When I don't think that was even going to be the case with him. He, he just the advice they're taking just have them in. in very precarious situations, and the middle child is the one who might not be able to get out of it when it's all said. Yeah, Levar Ball is the, I, and I and I and I'm gonna catch the flag for it, so I'll go ahead and say it. Quite honestly, he's the definition of what you don't want a parent to be when they have a really good athlete, you know, as a, for a son or a daughter. I mean, it's, yeah. to me, it it's like you, you're trying to live that you live a, a life you never live vicariously through your kid. And in reality, just l- let the kid enjoy that moment. Let them be them. Let them do what they want to do with their career. And if you have to help steer them in, a, in the right direction or help them build a brand, help them build the brand. Don't try to just completely take over their lives because it right. comes off like he just controls everything. And it's almost overbearing. Because right. for me, you know, I'm never. You know, I'm always objective. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I can listen to both sides, and you know, I don't think. I think there's some good things to Levar, and I definitely think there's some bad things to Levar. So everything isn't just this this one cookie cutter little situation for me. Mm-hmm. But you know, he he did too much as far as the the control that he wielded over these guys, and. You know, I watched a little, uh, not YouTube, but their little Facebook show, their little reality mm-hmm. show. And when all of this stuff went down, you can tell, like, in those boys' eyes that a lot of this stuff they weren't really comfortable with, but I think they had an issue telling their dad no. They right. had an issue. Whether it was just an issue telling them no or they just trusted him, like, well, he was brought us this far, so we'll just keep believing in him. But there was some stuff, like, taking these guys out of high school, taking them out of college, having them play overseas and all that kind of stuff. There was some stuff during these conversations when you were like, yo, this kid doesn't really want to do this. But they're going to do it because they're not going to tell their dad no, and then they're going to get on TV, get interviewed, and say that they were in 100%, their dad is a genius, blah, blah, blah. Now you got Melo fighting to get into college and probably has to go overseas again, which he did announce that he was going to do. You have Jello. <laughs> Telling everybody who will listen, yeah, I'm a playing the, in the G League, but ain't nobody checking for you in the G League right now. Yeah, so nobody's checking for the G League. G League, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, it's so bad. That mean much, so yeah, it got kind of bad. But shout out to them. I don't want to see anybody fail, especially a black black man. So I hope something could be salvaged. Maybe they can get the brand started again. Maybe they could be more sensible with the price points. You know what I'm saying? Vet the people that helped them out a little more. And then maybe he can lure Alonzo back in to to be the the pitch man for it, um, but we shall see, man. So so good luck to you, Var. Them shirts went from fifty to five dollars. There's something wrong here. All right, so real quick, because we're about to get some quick while y'all are on the grind topics, and then we're gonna go into our quick slants segment for the remainder of the show. But y'all know y'all can check out the website at worldroomsports.com. While you're there, just take your time, look around. Do some clicking, do some scrolling, and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to uh, talk with us while we're on the air today, you can hit us in the JW Philly Realty chat room. Um, Skyview and Neil holding that down 
uh, as usual. But you can do that by signing up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't want to do that, you can sign in through your Facebook and Twitter accounts. But while you're at it, make sure you click follow so you know everything that's going on with the show in any given week. We'll also be taking questions and reading posts from Facebook, Twitter, the chat room, the World Room Sports Game Time group on the GroupMe app. Um, but if you want to call in and speak with us, the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline is open for a few more minutes. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. But in the meanwhile, we're going to talk about what happened this week while you guys were on the grind. And on the grind segment is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you guys are tired of reading the same old sports books and, hey, tired of being on social media with the same old lists, rankings, imaginary starting lineups, comparisons of the same two and three players, <laughs> and all kind of subjective information is being passed off as quote-unquote facts. I'm so tired of that hashtag. Be sure to pick up your copy of Sports. Smart people only read the sports. It's a mixture of sports and hip-hop culture. will keep you on the edge of your seat and keep you laughing like you're watching a comedy special. So just go to sportsthebook.com or get your copy from our website at warroomsports.com. Just don't miss that movement. All right. This week, while you guys were on the grind, this is what happened. We got some crazy stuff happening this week. Um, one positive thing, at least as far as we're concerned, I'm pretty sure everybody listening won't agree. The Colin Kaepernick Nike ad that, you know, the other side was all up in arms about, uh, that ad has been nominated for an Emmy. I've been out of the loop, Fred, because I didn't even know commercials could get nominated for an Emmy. But the title is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that joint. With um, alongside other sports legends like LeBron, Serena, whatever, has been nominated for a 2019 Emmy. Um, it's nominated alongside entries from Netflix, Apple, and Sandy Hook Promise, which is a gun violence uh, prevention organization. So yeah, the Emmy has a category for everything. So shout out to Colin Kaepernick. Shout out to Nike. Um, this is the face of their 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign. Um, So good luck to them with that. Uh, Next, while y'all were on the grind, Fred, I know you've heard Ryan Hollins on TV talking about (laughs) NBA basketball. There is a change.org petition where thousands of people have already signed to remove Ryan Hollins from ESPN programming. People are tired of his hot takes. Um, They said he doesn't have the ability to speak coherently, debate reasonably, and argue valid points. Um, They say that's almost as bad as his ability to play professional basketball. For his career, you know, he averaged 3.7 points, two rebounds, and he is uh, damn near a seven-footer. He does – Regular appearances on first take with Screaming A. Smith and Max Kellerman. Um, what are your thoughts about this? A petition to get him off the air. 
Man, that that was crazy, man, because I see some of his hot takes. I, he's one of those guys, at first I used to say, because he talks other sports, I say, stick to basketball. Now I don't even want him sticking to basketball. <laughs> now people are like, stick to nothing, man. Be yeah, fired. stick to nothing. <laughs> to the point, and like, I, I'm, I like some of these personalities that are on TV. Some people kind of give me give me a little flat. Every now and then I like I like the Skip Baylesses of the world because they just give out. So it's not for, I don't take it seriously. It's just something Skip I just want to hear it's come, I just want to hear something to crazy. Where it's just entertainment. Yeah, it's you know just entertainment for me. Uh, the yeah. Colin Cowherds of the world, some of those guys, they give good. They, it's some kind of it's just, it's just good banter. Uh, but the guy I like the most because he keeps it very, very, very one hundred is Stephen Jackson. He actually had a video yeah. that came out, and he was like, he really he went in on Ryan Hollins and Damon Jones, and it was just like. Stay off. If you can't even average three points a game, how who are you to talk about anything? And we know how he feels about he he has he pulls no punches. He's he's very very honest on tape, on on camera or not on camera. And for me, I I agree because I need Ryan Hollins off the TV. I need I need him <laughs> to go sit all the way down, all the See, way y'all down. Y'all are crazy, man. I've I've listened to Ryan Hollins because I don't generally watch any of these shows because they've been they've all been resorted to entertainment, hot takes. I mean, you know what we do here in the war room. Of course, we're going to entertain, we're going to be funny and stuff like that. But when we really talk about a subject, we're really going to talk intelligently about a subject. We're not just going to give you hot takes that we may or may not believe. We're going to talk sports, be objective, all of that stuff. But. Ryan Hollins, because I, I see clips. People send me clips if conversations or topics are interesting. And then you kind of get stuck into that YouTube foxhole where the next video comes on. And, you know, even though you don't watch these shows, some of the stuff is interesting. Mm-hmm. And at least it keeps you in the loop of the dumb stuff that they are saying. Ryan Hollins, Ryan Hollins says some of the most absolute stupid <laughs> things that I've ever heard anybody say in regards to an NBA conversation. And that's saying a lot because I've manned the War Room Sports Facebook page for the past nine and a half years. So that's saying a lot. He is completely ass at what he does. However, I'm not going to sign no petition to get the man's livelihood taken away. If y'all don't like him being ass, don't tune in. But to try to single him out and get him fired, that's kind of crazy because I don't think – I mean, I guess their takes are better than his, but I don't think the two dudes he's on there talking with is especially doing anything great either. Stephen A. Smith just yells and gathers spit in his mouth. and Don't forget he lets people know that Paul that's and, and And talks about his sources and all of that stuff. So you know they're not, you know Max Kellerman says some says some off the wall stuff every now and again. They're all prisoners of the moment. Like somebody has three good games and you know now they're in the conversation with Mike and Wilt and all of those guys. So they all say crazy stuff. And Ryan Hollins is absolutely egregiously terrible at what he does. But I wouldn't support because <laughs> it, it it was sent to me. I'm like, I'm not going to sign this, man. Like, dude is terrible, but, you know, if he gets fired, let that be on his own volition, not because the people stood up to do something. There's a whole lot more important things that nobody's standing up for than Ryan Holland saying stupid stuff on TV. 
So um, shout out to him. <laughs> I don't know how long you're going to have your job with everybody up in arms about you, but do your thing while you got it. Maybe the big three thing will work out. He is a member of that. Um, moving on, uh, Clutch co-founder Rich Paul, and, you know, agent to the stars, <laughs> LeBron's homie, he's going to lead a sports division at the United Talent Agency. Now, that's basically a Hollywood talent agency. They're starting a sports division, and I think uh, – I think United Talent Agency actually bought stakes in Clutch Sports as well. So basically they're absorbing Clutch, and he's going to run it. He's going to run their talent agency while still keeping the Clutch brand, but uh, UTA does own a part of Clutch now. They didn't even get into the specifics of what the percentage was because they still want that to be Rich Paul, you know, LeBron James. They want them to be the face of that. Um, but this is this is kind of big. Like this is the first time they're doing anything with sports, and we all know that everything that Rich Paul and the Clutch Boys are doing, it's been you know people have been taking notice, whether it's a positive notice or it's, or if it's a negative notice, people have taken notice. So this mm-hmm. is big, man, and it just goes back to you know definitely needing to be shouted out, man. You got to shout out what LeBron has done in the position that he's put his friends in, you know, long term. Even when he's long gone from the game, you know, these guys are still in the position to to be big time in the game, around the game, even without him. But I you know, we know how it's gonna go when he retires though, Fred. He's just gonna finally be partners in all of this stuff. Because right now you basically have to divest because you're still playing in the league. It's a conflict of interest. But he definitely set these guys up to do some good things, man. Um, Jimmy always talks about how uh, Rich Paul and Maverick Carter, you know, they're in the running for um, the all-time Gale Award. We know how Oprah put on Gale King. She's like the <laughs> she's like the greatest best friend ever, and LeBron's friends are are, are in that conversation. So, what's your thoughts? Running uh, great. Sports greatness in UTA, it's big stuff. Yeah, yeah, greatness. I mean, the, what you're doing is you're just setting up uh, a precedent for more of this to happen because they're they're the first. But if yeah. at some point there is going to be, they're opening up that door for more. And LeBron's done it too. I mean, you've had you're opening up that door for more and more athletes to finally branch out from doing you know, the typical stuff and actually opening opening up different things for different opportunities uh, for different players. So I, I applaud LeBron, Clutch, all of those guys, because those guys could have done anything. They could have went sideways at any point and done some craziness with their money and the influence. They could have just said, LeBron, we don't, we, we don't want to do this. We want to do the, we want to go the car route. We want to go the, we want to do some cheap movie. We want to do this or that, but they've invested his money and he's invested his trust. And that's the, those two things have to go together because he's trusting them with their, with his money essentially. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good marriage as far as business wise. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. The clutch boys win again. All right, so the ratings for <laughs> Madden 20 
have Uh-oh. come out. And there's a Uh-oh. lot of players out here. Players really take this stuff seriously because I've seen so many videos on IG, Twitter, and all that kind of stuff with people very upset about their ratings. Back to these Dallas Cowboys because Demarcus Lawrence is so upset about his 89 rating that he's basically called for Cowboys fans to boycott I saw that. I saw that. He said, and I quote, hold up, EA Sports. You're not just going to disrespect me like that with an 89 and get away with it. Put some respect on my name. Until then, Cowboys Nation is on Madden strike. And then he said, at Dallas Cowboys Nation, show them we ain't playing, bitch. <laughs> First of all, if these dudes been playing Madden for 20 years, there ain't no way that they care about n- not playing because of your rating. And if they do, like, why would you want? Now, I'm stealing this. This is, this is things I saw on the Internet this week. And like, now, why would Demarcus Lawrence want to, you know, deprive Cowboys fans of the only possible success that they're going to have, <laughs> you know, winning the Super Bowl on Madden and stuff like that? Like, why, why would you do that to Cowboys fans? You think there's Dude. anybody out there in Cowboys Nation that's actually going to go through with this, Fred? No, not really, not really. Um, quite, my advice to these players, go in the game. There's a nice little edit button. You can edit your player. You can be a 99 <laughs> overall. You can be. You can run a 4-2. You have, you have Jerry Rice's hands. You can have Calvin Johnson's height. You could throw like Tom Brady. I mean, you can do it all. Go in and make an edit. That's all. Easy. All you got to do. Easy peasy. Stop limit being out there, there being Ralph Tresvanti, <laughs> being all sensitive. And all that kind of stuff because of what they made you on the game. I will it's say really not that serious. I will say that some of the ratings are a little bit egregious because you know I, I'm I am the I guess I would be the, the resident gamer here and um, Madden's kind of my it used to be my thing. I've kind of gone away because the game's kind of fallen off over the years. But when I look at the ratings and I know how the ratings work, so it's a number, it's a nice number and. I know how that number gets there, but looking at who you're, you know, some of those top guys, I'm sorry, they're, they're a prisoner of the moment type of company, EA Sports, that is. Uh, Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I, one year <laughs> does not tell me Pat Mahomes is better than Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, uh, Russell Wilson, or Aaron Rodgers. Um, mm, he Marcus might Lawrence. be in the middle. Demarcus <laughs> Lawrence, uh, I still uh, – I can – Joey Bosa better than you. Jadavian Clowney probably better than you. Uh, Miles Garrett definitely better than you. Um, you're he's along the lines of those guys like a Melvin Ingram. He's that's where he kind of belongs. From uh, right now, based on their ratings, J.J. Watt, Calais Campbell, and Cameron Jordan are ahead of him. Uh, Cameron Jordan's a 91. So there, I mean, you're splitting hairs here of, of who's better than you. You like know, they have him in the same spot they got like a Brandon Graham from yeah, Philly. Yeah, and the As a matter of fact, probably, yeah. He's probably a little better than Brandon And Graham, Brandon but. Graham is right behind <laughs> Miles Garrett, who's only two points higher than him, and then there's Aaron right. Donald, who, who's in the 99 club. I mean, Melvin Ingram's an 88. I mean, and it, it the thing is with that particular game, they don't they don't differentiate the difference between – we don't call guys – like like Khalil Mack, he's not a linebacker. He's an they we call them edge players. That's it. 
That's what you call. He's, he doesn't have a specific position because he can play with his hand in the dirt or he can, he can drop back and, and stand on his feet. So it's like they haven't gotten that far yet. So that changes everything. So right. don't take it so seriously. The only one I took a little too serious is the guy that's at quarterback. My guy won a Super Bowl, beat the guy twice that is ahead of him. Yeah, he can't. Oh, Fred, he's 85 years old. Speaking of 85 years old, that and that whole face thing, the whole, the whole face app thing that was going on, that's the, the craze. I saw a picture of Tom Brady as that, and I'm like, how your quarterback looks at his at my at his age still winning Super Bowls. I was like, that's very, very accurate. That's the and only he had one. Yeah, he, he had like seventeen rings on his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gray hair and all that, still throwing touchdowns. That was great. That was the one that was the most accurate. So yeah, but these Madden ratings are nothing. They change dynamically throughout the year. Who who who's to say somebody's not gonna have a a really good season and, you know, they become a 99 overall or whatever. And who says Patrick Mahomes is going to have a great, okay. He's going to have a great year. Okay. He's going to have a great year. Okay. I, I, I've went a little too far. <clears throat> My bad. So before we get out of uh, why y'all want to grab, we just want to give a rest in peace. Shout out to former pound for pound King Pernell Whitaker. One of the greatest boxers in history. He was killed on Sunday night. When he was hit by a car in Virginia Beach, he was 55 years old. Uh, the VA Beach Police Department said the incident remains an active investigation, but apparently he was hit by a car around 10 p.m. on Sunday when he was walking at an intersection. Um, they said when officers arrived on the when officers arrived on the scene, um, they located him, but he succumbed to his injuries while on the scene. Um, so shout out, rest in peace to Sweet Pea, one of the best. Who'd ever done it? One of the best defensive fighters that we've ever seen. Um, it's crazy that that kind of stuff happens. Like you've been through the life that you've been through. You've been in the ring, having wars with people. You've been champion in four different divisions, mm-hmm. and then you die crossing the street. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That kind of reminds me of uh, Prodigy from Mob Deep. Like all the tough talk that you've talked. All the people that you've shot and killed in your verses, all the guns that you've carried in your life, and you died choking on a on an egg. Come on, <laughs> P P got to P got go out tougher than that. But shout, yeah. shout out to both of those brothers. But shout out to Sweet P, um, Pernell. Uh, rest in peace, good brother. So let's get these birthday shout outs out of the way so we can get into quick slants and birthdays are brought to you by no one. <laughs> I guess your mama is your sponsor because she was the one who had you. So we want to give some quick birthday shout-outs. Having a birthday this week, we got, uh, who do we have? We got Canelo Alvarez talking about boxing. He turns 29 years old. Shout-out to him. Dion Branch, former New England Patriot and Super Bowl MVP. Um, he was one of those guys that prove, you know, Brady's greatness because once he left Brady, he fell off a cliff. Yeah. Came yeah. back to Brady and had, you know, a little bit of a spark, you know, before they got rid of him again. So shout out to your boy Fred Dion Branch. It's my birthday! <laughs> Yay! 
Dion Branch turns uh how old is Dion Branch? He's forty. Oh, uh, Tory yeah. Hunter. Uh, MLB fame. He's forty four years old. Derek Anderson, not the quarterback Derek Anderson, but the former shooting guard from Kentucky and the NBA, Derek Anderson turns forty five years old. That's crazy because Derek Anderson is forty five and the next guy, Penny Hardaway, who could have been one of the greatest. Oh yeah. Yeah. He turns forty seven. Now if you would have asked me, I thought I would have I would have told you that Derek Anderson was a lot younger than, yeah. than Penny than two years. But when you think about it, yeah, Derek Anderson, you know, he was he was on that championship Kentucky team in ninety six. So I believe he came he might have come out I don't know if he was in the ninety six draft class or the ninety seven draft class. But um he just seems like he would be much younger. Than Penny, not just two years. But shout out to Penny Hardaway, who turns 47. Nick Faldo, the golfer, he's 62. And Joe Torre, uh, former manager of those New York Yankees, turns 79 years old. We'd like to give a war room salute My to all birthday. of these folks on their birthday and their birthday week. And if you've been on the phone line, because I know we had some, but we had to get through, we had to get through because we're going into a whole new edition of Quick Slants. And we're only talking college football. So if you're calling in from this point on in the show, um, you got to make sure it's about college football. We're not taking any calls on anything else. So real quick, you guys can check out our website, wolverhamsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, dial a digital, well, I'm sorry, if you want to talk about college football, dial a digital extreme tech hotline, 323-410. 0012, press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. All right. So it's time to get into this college football rap, what is, which is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top-quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And if you need a little bit of help financially, financing options are available. Just call 267-205-4203 or visit digitalextremetech.com. For discounted rates, be sure to tell them War Room Sports sent you. All right, everybody, near and far college football fans, we'd like to welcome you to another edition of Quick Slants, where we talk nothing but college football. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan, if you needed a reminder. And I'm here with my partner. We got Fred Purdue in the building. It's college football time. Fred, what's up? Man, uh, after a very calm week, I really, you know, I always look at media days as one of those that start, that unofficial start, especially SEC media day as the unofficial start to the college football season where all the rankings and the polls and predictions, all the stuff that we're going to say, oh, we were wrong like six months from now. All the stuff that we don't, that we, all these predictions of who's going to finish first and who's going to finish last. And, you know, some of these we know, but, you know, all that stuff we're going to be wrong about later. It's fun to talk about. All of this happens right now, but it's, it came and went so quickly and it was so calm. Most of these coaches kept their, their silence for the most part. And, 
outside of Steve Spurrier going on some rant about some average quarterback who only completes 59% of his, his throws, uh, despite being going into his junior year, uh, winning, potentially winning a Heisman. I, I stopped listening at, 50, at, you know, him winning a Heisman, but, you know, and him not even coaching anybody. But, you know, that's, that's one of those things that, you know, it, it, you always get some quote that really just makes you laugh or, you know, or if it's Nick Saban where he just, you know, Nick Saban's that old man that he can get off my lawn, stops putting that stuff on my lawn, or, hey, you kids, stop doing that until his little grandson does it. Oh, that's the coolest thing in the world. And it's the same thing. Hey, we don't need a, we don't need college football expansion or Clemson's, Clemson's this or Clemson's that, or we don't need this. We need this to change as far as rules. And then he starts going along with the rules. I hate the spread offense. What are we doing? We're running up tempo spread offense now. So it's always fun <laughs> to see. All right. So before we get into the sights and sounds and some highlights from these media day friends, I just want to, I want to remind everybody. Now we haven't done it yet, but you have to stay tuned into um, upcoming episodes of Quick Slants. Um, just go to the War Room Sports Podcast Network at uh, warroomsports.com. But we need you to stay tuned because we will be dropping information in the next in the coming weeks about this year's college football pick'em contest. So make sure you stay in the loop. So you can get yourself in that game. We'll announce what the uh, prizes are going to be and and all of that jazz. So just wanted to give that reminder before we got into sights and sounds. Fred, this is a freestyle conversation. One more. You forgot one. I got to throw the flag on you before we – yeah, we got a little bit extra. We got a little bit of extra piece. Um, We have – you know, I've always like – Yeah, (laughs) everyone says fantasy – they love fantasy football at the NFL level. Well, we want to help the college folks out. So we have college football, fantasy football here. Uh, There's all the – we'll make sure we make some posts about it. But, you know – I've I haven't done one of these before, so this will be very interesting to see how you know I do against the field because we all know it's me against the field at all times. So um, <laughs> I encourage you guys to see, you know, go sign up. We'll make sure we put all of that stuff out on social media. Um, the draft date is actually going to be uh, the Monday before the season starts, so that'll be I think the eighteenth. If, I'm, if I remember, Chris, the 17th or the 18th, but all that information will get put up very soon uh, once everything is completely confirmed. And we have some nice prizes for you guys. Who knows? Well, somebody might, if you win, you might actually have a chance to come host a show with us. We've never done oh. that before. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, like I said, this is totally on you because I know, you know, this is your wheelhouse. You were glued mm-hmm. to what was happening at these podiums behind these microphones. Um, sights and sounds of media days. Give us some highlights. Ah oh, man, uh, when I look at the media days that came out, came and went so quickly, uh, I look at, I look at first the SEC, and we all know the SEC is the cream of the crop. That's when the season starts. They're not the first to go, but they're definitely always they're usually about the third day of because everybody has their media days around the same time they overlap and it's a lot to take in I wish I could be everywhere at one time but um when I look at Auburn you look at Gus Malzahn saying 
saying he's brought Derek Brown, who Derek Brown is just a monster of a man. He's going to be one of those top draft picks as long as he has. He doesn't get hurt or anything crazy. He's going to be one of those top defensive linemen that always come out of the SEC. Uh, he, they have a, they call that a defensive brotherhood down there, defensive lineman Derek Brown and, and Marlon Davidson. Those guys are really going to tear it up down there. But they have quarterback issues. Jarrett Stidham's gone, but they're talking national championship. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I think the offense is going to struggle a little bit until they figure things out. Uh, on the other side, their rival Alabama, uh, Tua Tonga Viola, said that he's happy that they uh, lost. He, he saw he, he saw the glasses being half full versus half empty after losing to Clemson. He said he learned something from it. Uh, I think he he's trying to spin it in a, a positive way. Uh, he, for me, when I saw him last year, I said, man, he needs to check it down a little bit instead of being just, it's, it's bombs away for him. And I think he learned that a little bit more towards the end. Uh, and right. Alabama Clemson is becoming a rivalry. Can you believe I said that Alabama and Clemson, <laughs> because they've never really played before. Now it's becoming a rivalry and who knows, we may see a regular season game at some point, but for now you guys got to wait until the national championship game. And, at the, and I'm not making any picks, but it's assumed those two will meet up at some point at the end of the year. Um, Tennessee is quietly trying to build something. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt is making some some real moves. Quarterback is is now solidified. They, I think, the one thing that's going to be a, a challenge for them is on the defensive side. Trey Smith is a really good offensive lineman for them. Offensively, I think they're going to put up points, but defensively, that's where they're going to struggle a little bit. Georgia, nothing nothing more than the typical Kirby Smart. Very close to the vest, not a lot of talk. Um, they have some big-name players. Jake Fromm is going to his junior year. Um, big Jake! Yeah, he, he's – for me, I, I, they have to get over that hurdle that Georgia always has. They find ways to lose games, and Tobias knows this is more than anybody. I mean, they, they cough away games. They just choke them away so bad badly it's not even funny so uh in the ACC the national champs Clemson Tigers uh they were very quiet on things they were they they I think Dabo Sweeney's learning you know enjoy the moment but then keep grinding you know a couple days after it's back to it uh although one of their although one of their offensive linemen um I think his name is Jordan Simmons said that that Notre Dame was better than Alabama and well, you you might have messed up, big fella, because you don't ever ever talk about Nick Saban, especially and his team. You don't say things so disrespectful. That's just disrespectful. Don't be disrespectful to Alabama because at some point you may have to eat those words, and you never know. Don't slip up. But they have a really potent offense coming back. Um, Florida State in the ACC, they're looking to rebound, maybe forget all of last year because Willie Taggart and company, they struggled mightily. They're off you know how we talk about offensive lines are always the the meat and potatoes of that whole, of a team. You need that offensive line. Well Florida State needs one. They have one of the best running backs in the country, but no one knows who he is because they have no offensive line. Their quarterback situation is bad. But they have a bright spot at wide receiver. Tamari and Terry was there, and he's on the Bolitnikoff watch list. If you haven't seen him, you probably haven't because their Florida State's passing game was terrible. But when they did hit, he was on the other end of things. 
Reminds me a lot of Josh Gordon before the alcohol and the drugs. He reminds well, look, me Chris, so much of Josh Gordon. It's not funny. Real quick, let me take you back to uh, Tua because I do have mm-hmm. his um, comments here. His, I have one quote. He said, quote, but I'm glad I had the opportunity to feel a loss like that, talking about losing to Clemson in the national championship game, because what can you learn from winning? You can't learn as much, but when you lose, you start mm-hmm. appreciating things a lot more. Many lessons have been learned from that loss. I wanted to get back to that just to see. Yeah. I mean, because you, you glossed over it, but I wanted to get your thoughts about, you know, what it, does he have a point or – like, is it too late to talk like that since you've already come in and won a national championship? Um, is it too late to talk like that? Or does he have a point considering he's still in college, so maybe he's talking about this ideology for moving forward because, you know, he hasn't hit the big time yet, and he's he's going to have to, a lot of lessons to learn. I think that is a good lesson for him because if you ever look at these quarterbacks that are, and, and really teams in general – that have so much success, they lose one or two games, and then they go through a little bit of adversity, and they don't know how to handle it. I.e., right. USC with Matt Leinart and, and Reggie Bush, they don't. They never knew what it was like to lose until Texas. Um, right. and when it when they get when you get hit in the mouth like that, you know Nick Saban even said it that they didn't have the same intensity, they didn't have the same respect for Clemson, and I think he's he's just kind of taking taking the blame for it like every coach does. But for me, when I look at it, I say Tua's going to learn that he has to stay in the moment and be happy in the moment that he's there. He actually lost a little bit of weight. He was playing at about 230 last year. He's only about 6'1", 6'2", so he was playing a bit heavy. So he says he feels a little bit better. So I think he's putting more energy into being the best version of him he can be. And it's, you know, every a lot of these great players, and I really don't throw that, that word great around much, but as far as a college quarterback, he's pretty great. And they all have this chip on their shoulder. They create things in their head to – they're just built different. It's the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant kind of deal where everybody's sliding them, so they have to learn something from it. So he's right. learned, he's created something in his mind where he's learned something. And, 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 and you don't ever want to lose a game the way they lost the game. And I, I can see But, a, it, but it, see it is a, humbling for, for, yeah, for guys is. who are never picked to lose, who don't lose much, you know, and have already been in this position. So I think, you know, lessons could definitely be learned from it Absolutely. if he's sincere. Like I said, sometimes these athletes get in front of a camera, get in front of a microphone, and say what they think we want to hear. You know, they get trained to say certain things. But if he means that, then there's definitely a lesson that could be learned from that. When you're not loose to, used to losing, you're about to go to a level where it's not going to be sweet like that every week. So you are going to have to figure out how you deal with taking losses um, in, in, in certain weeks. So definitely, yeah, you, can, you can learn a lot from it. Definitely. The one thing that stuck out to me throughout all of these media days, the only one I really didn't get a chance to catch yet is going to be, and I, I'll be reviewing the tape from these. I don't, I don't, I take certain quotes seriously, but most of it is just coach speak. A lot of the reporters, they don't, really ask the questions you want them to ask or they ask questions that are so irrelevant to the real headlines so you know real questions real questions like like Super Bowl media day 
<laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Questions I don't really – I don't care about Nick Saban's hip and can he play golf. I don't care. I, I want to know about that next D lineman. I, I want to know about what the processes that are going on and what is being changed, new coaches. Those are the things I want to know about. But in the Big 12, Lincoln Riley – is he's he's being tongue in cheek about it, but he said uh, that he the quarterback position Jalen Hurts, the, the former Alabama quarterback, uh, it, he doesn't have the job yet, and we all know he has the job right now. The, the only opposition he has is a, as a sophomore, uh, as well as a true freshman and Spencer Rattler, who was the number one quarterback in the country. But are you really believing that a senior is not a guy that transferred in as a and he's a senior is not going to start? Uh, I'm willing to bet. I'm willing to bet, but you know you have to give off, give everybody a chance. He has to earn it in air quotes. But um, that's that was the interesting part there. Right. And yeah, seniors, some the, promises had to be made before you make that move. Yeah, yeah. You're not just going there because he could have gone anywhere in the country if he wanted to. He had places like Miami, Clemson, uh, as a backup insurance plan. He also had places like North Carolina. Uh, Arkansas, he could have went to Auburn, he could have went to Florida, he could have went anywhere. Uh, Ohio State was even an option before Justin Fields got there. So, you know, when you have options like that and Oklahoma says, look, you, you're going to start, you just have to put, you just got to show up to practice pretty much. So I think he, he'll actually benefit from that uh, if he wants to go to the NFL because you you have a chance to be the third straight Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, that offense is loaded. They have two really good running backs. They have a five-star wide receiver uh, in, in Hazelwood coming in. He's going to be – he's I mean, he's a monster in itself. C.D. Lamb, I mean, they have pieces there uh, offensively. But he did – Lincoln Riley did say that the defense just has to get better. They, they showed up in big moments, but – I mean, for me, showing up in big moments is not letting Texas drop 37 – or, I'm sorry, 27 points on you in the Big 12 championship game. That's not – to me, that's not showing up big, but they made a stop. If you consider that getting a stop when you need it, sure. I mean, you know your offense is going to put up at least 35-plus. So, uh, But the hook – speaking of Texas – uh, the Big 12 actually got something right. And, you know, I don't ever support the, the, the conferences because they always have things against these players. But they, they're letting the kids have a little fun. So typically in the Big 12, any opposing team that scores a touchdown, they put the hook'em horns, horns, they point them down. And it's a celebration. And the Big 12 said it's okay to do it, but don't do it at at Texas. Don't openly do it at Texas because they'll call a penalty. So they have, I guess they halfway got it right. These are little things that I personally don't care about as far as media days are concerned because they don't affect the game for the most part. Unless you're Will Greer and you're you're doing hook'em horns, pointing it down, and you're you're costing West Virginia 15-yard penalties on the kickoff. Um, you know, those are things that bother you. But, uh, you know, you have new coaches in the Big 12. Les Miles is back. He's at Kansas. Uh, he had he had a really awkward moment where his one of his his returning running backs is being uh, he's kind of off. He's on the team, but he's not on the team. Uh, he he's in trouble for domestic violence against a female, and you know he had to read a statement, and it was really awkward because instead of just re- coming out coming off the you know, when you when you come from the heart on something like that, you know, all you have to say is, look, we don't tolerate things like that again. Violence against women, you know, 
we we want to get him as much help as possible. If he if if he he's guilty or whatever it is, you have to say say that versus saying a prepared statement and then you're stumbling through the statement like you haven't read it already. It was really awkward. So right. Les Miles not a good start. Uh, TCU I don't wanna, um, has TCU still circling you back to Tua, but you got a question in the mm-hmm. chat room from Skyview One, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. says, um, "Is Tua a pro caliber prospect?" Now he puts "pro" in all caps, so is he Ooh. a pro pro? <laughs> Basically, what he's saying. Huh. I, I've struggled with this one because I and, and I've had prisoner of the moment times with him. At times, I see Russell Wilson 2.0, and then at times, I'm like, he's he's going to be a bust. Um, I think it's somewhere in the middle. So, yeah, I think he'll – because quarterbacks get pushed up, and the, what's coming out next year isn't going to be as good as it was last year, and we don't know if last year is good yet. Uh, ask me that in three years. Will he be a, He'll be a pro, but is he going to be good? Ask me that in three years. Right. And, and speaking of, you know, just his his physical attributes, he's listed at 6'1", 218 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, do you even think he's a legitimate 6'1"? Yeah, he's a legit 6'1". Uh, he's tall enough that the height isn't the problem. Physically, he can he can spin the football. He has a good enough arm. The issues I have with him are he, he tries to take the big play too much instead of just, you know, the – and I hate – I know you're going to hate this one, but my guy, my guy Tom Brady, the one thing he does, <laughs> if nothing's there, what does he do? He checks it down. He's check going down, to Charlie. check – he's going to make the smart play and check it down because if you can't – my my favorite saying, and in, in, in you can apply this to any aspect of life, sports, business, whatever, you can't go broke making a profit. So if I'm getting four to five yards every single time, you can't stop me. So why not to instead of throwing that deep down the field interception or tough throw in between three people, just take this little check down and go get five yards. Go get three yards and just nickel and dime your way down the field. Tom Brady's made a living off of it. Six Super Bowls later. Okay, that's enough about Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the only issue I have with him. Is he he just won't sometimes you just have to nickel and dime guys down the field. All right. So your final thoughts about Media days because we got to get up out of here. But uh, give me some final thoughts. Uh man, uh, this one was quiet this this time around. I'm us- I'm usually expecting something crazy, some kind of um, crazy quotes. Nick Saban was very mum about everything. Uh, South Carolina and Alabama are actually playing this year, and there there was some banter back and forth. Nick Saban kind of praised Will Muschamp, but the last time they played, South Carolina whipped their tails, and and he's not gonna let uh, Saban's not gonna let his players forget it. Um, and Ma- new Miami head coach Manny Diaz uh, talked about quarterbacks. Uh, they have about four guys in the running for this for, for that position, and things are gonna change. They're calling it the new Miami. Uh, they brought down – they just had a camp down south a couple weeks ago. They brought all the legends back, as they always do, the Michael Irvins, the Warren Saps, the Gino Toretta's, the uh, the Jim Kellys of the world. Any The who's who of who's who on any NFL team from the early – the late 90s to early 2000s, even the 80s, you know, those guys were there. And they're not just being there hanging around. They're coaching. 
those camps. And I think Manny Diaz is really trying to change the culture. I'll believe it when I see it because I've seen this story before. All right. So do you agree? Um, switching gears. Uh, no Molly Quirum. Do you agree with the assertion that Michigan will be the favorites in the Big Ten this year? Um, or, have, so, or have we heard this story before? I think we've heard this story before. All right, just checking with you before we get up out of here. Yeah, uh, I think we, we, we've heard this story before. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things I think you can kind of Fred, you cut out. Can you hear me? Chat room folks, can you still hear me? Because I can't hear Fred. Either way, um, college football fans, thank you for, you know, joining us again for another edition of Quick Slants. Uh, You can definitely check out future episodes of the show as college football season gets closer to us. You can check out future episodes of the show at warroomsports.com. Just click on that War Room Sports Podcast Network tab. And if you're an NFL fan, make sure you also check Fred and I out at Cover 2. Um, that is the NFL show, Cover 2 with McMillan and Purdue. But until next time, college football fans, we are out of here. All right. And for all of you fans of everything, all of you fans of the War Room, we'd like to thank you guys for joining us for another briefing in the War Room this evening. Uh, shout out to everyone on the chat room, Facebook, uh, Twitter, War Room Sports Game Time on the GroupMe app. Um, and all the callers who called in to holler at us, I know there were some people still on the lines that we couldn't get to. Uh, once we switched into strictly college football mode, we couldn't take any more calls on you know, the other sports, so we apologize, and hopefully we can get to you guys next week. So tune in next week, live right here on demand as we catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. Excuse me, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book, at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Jimmy and B. Austin will be back with us next week. So never fear, the War Room Generals will be here. And special shout-out to Fred Perdue for helping me steer this puppy tonight. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. And we'll see you chumps on top.
credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef, no. Fortress, secret, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best sports cast? You better name us. What I'm sports. Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.